Hey, thanks for tuning in and watching. Lono here, aka Sano to Rage. Gonna read through the Director's Cut Part 2, give thoughts along the way, and then do a Q&A session after this. If you're watching on YouTube uh, or listening in the other places, you can always come in live. Click the link below if you want to watch me live. I'm probably live right now. So come on and hang out with us. We're gonna go through right now Director's Cut Part 2 from Luke Smith. Hey, everyone. The Director's Cut, this is Director's Cut Part 2, a now mega-long update looking at the last six months of Destiny 2 and looking ahead to Shadowkeep and maybe a bit beyond. If you missed part one uh, and have an afternoon to yourself, go check it out. As the first section grew in length, I figured this section would be the last one, but at some point, Avengers wasn't going to be split into Infinity War and Endgame either, so either I will be, there will be another part, uh, so there will be another part. I love you 3000. Okay, looking ahead to Shadowkeep. This fall is a necessary first, first step in Destiny 2 into a game that we want to be. It has been a super busy year, so let's recap. We assumed publishing control of Destiny and wanted to get something new into our hands as quickly as poss- into your hands as quickly as possible. Shadowkeep. We paired it with a free entry point with New Light to welcome new guardians into the fold. We wanted to bring Destiny Two to new platforms to keep heading toward the uh, to keep heading toward the you you can the you can play Destiny anywhere dream. Uh, Steam and Google Stadia. Some of his phrasing is kind of hard to read out loud here. We're taking the initial steps toward building Destiny as a single evolving world. As we're doing all of this, while cranking out a bunch of the systems changes we've talked about, and we'll continue to talk about heading to Shadowkeep. Here is what we're doing going this... Uh, here's where we're going this fall. The care and feeding of the RPG. Add depth, improve customization. We want to give people who love the RPG aspect of Destiny, like many of us, more stats and depth on the character sheet to sink their teeth into. We want to give players more agency over how they look. We also want armor to have that deep pursuit players love about Destiny, which brings the victory of finding their perfect role. Let's talk about armor part one, mod stats and trade-offs. In order to allow players to independently pursue gameplay mods and further customize their guardian fashion, a lot of work has been done to update armor for this fall. We have factored a number of the stats in the game, we've overhauled the UI, and we've begun to separate capabilities from aesthetics. Time out. Before I go on, I want to interject. It seems like some comments from part one around microtransactions are being misconstrued. Maybe I wasn't clear enough. Maybe it felt too ambiguous. Let me try and clear this up before we get into the armor. I'm glad he's doing this, by the way, because I, I felt a lot of people really honed in and over over analyzed a lot of what he said. So I'm glad he's doing this. Destiny has and will continue to have weapons, armor, ghost ships, sparrows, and shaders that you can earn from activities to prove to the people looking at your character that you did the thing, whatever the thing is. I beat the raid a, I beat the raid a bunch. I earned iron banner gear. I played a ton of crucible. I wanted to gather rain in my shoulder pads, so I played gambit a ton. So I made a sweet set of uh, Astro Hashman gear at the rune table. At the rune table? What? Uh, I farmed that strike for the mindbender role that makes people rage, etc. Let me be crystal clear. This isn't changing. What we are doing with the new armor system is saying, find the perks you want, find the armor look you want from the mega list of currently available Destiny 2 armor, and pursue that armor to get the element stats you want and combine them to make your guardian. So it says, find the armor look you want from the mega list of currently available Destiny 2 armor. Okay. Destiny also has a microtransaction store that houses things like sparrows, ships, emotes, ghost holograms, weapon, and universal ornaments. 
Um, the items in that store rotate and can be purchased with silver or bright dust. And starting this fall, bright dust is just another in-game currency that can be earned by completing bounties instead of play- buying a bunch of ingrams and sharding them to generate dust. In Shadowkeep, there are armor sets, weapon, ghost ships, and sparrows coming from destinations and activities. Time in, back to armor, okay? So everybody calm down about microtransactions. We started out by looking at the what period in Destiny's history was a good starting place for evolving the stat game. We felt like it was the Taken King and Rise of Iron. And what principles were guarding our new designs? We need to separate gameplay and aesthetics to grant more agency over both. There was a deep dive stream on this topic on August 14th, but let's recap some of the high-level points. So this is what they, he's recapping some of the things they talked about yesterday. Armor now has energy meter ranging from 1 to 10. You can use materials and currency to level up the energy value on a given piece of armor. Mods have both an energy cost and an elemental affinity. In order for a mod to be equipped, your armor needs to have rolled the correct elements and have enough energy available. Hand cannon reloader costs 3 void energy to equip, so your armor must have rolled void and have three energy available in order to use it fundamentally this means we have additional vendors we have additional vectors for tuning things like mods we could tune their effect how much speed does reload effect add we could tune their cost how expensive is the mod to socket we could add mods to the pool for a different affinity etc when you acquire a mod from the game it's like getting a perk that you can put on all armor so once you found enhanced hand cannon reloader from pinnacle activities enhanced perks will come from pinnacle activities thank you you'll be able to socket that mod into the new armor that meets its criteria the mod is not consumed and can be socketed in and out at a small cost Here are the elements of armor that can roll randomly. Elemental affinity rolls between solar arc and void. Armor's starting energy value can roll randomly as well. They can all be leveled to 10, up to 10. Stats all roll random values. Intellect, discipline, strength, mobility, resilience, and recovery. Like in the Taken King, the stats will have breakdown points that decrease cooldowns. Yes, your sparrow now shows up on the character sheet. So they're showing you here strength. It says melee ability cooldown is 45 seconds because it's at 7 out of 10. Well, 75 out of 100. At tier 8, if he rolls it up to tier 8, it'll be 41 seconds on the melee cooldown instead of 45. This amount of information, I believe, is fantastic. Okay? And that guy's at 938 power level. So that's interesting. Begin math time. Today in Destiny 2, the base recharge rates convert to a stat value of 30 in the new system. Getting to 30 isn't too difficult, though, of course, some people, uh, but certainly not you, will ride the RNG roller coaster to get the stat they really want to 30. By chasing a good stat roll, you can achieve the fast recharge rates available in the game today without needing to use mods. That's really important to know. Uh, It is totally possible to put together a 100 intellect build, 100 is the cap, without socketing a single mod. There's some of your grind, folks. Some of the new mods will provide plus 10 to a given stat to help you shore up stats that you care about. But the specialization may come with the price. Because you specialized in intellect, you may be making trade-offs for other stats. Example, grenades come back slower or something. It really depends on your stat rolls. But if your grenades come back slower, then maybe the demolitionist perk that you've been dismantling. I know, I know, demolitionist is actually pretty good on non-primary weapons. You could start to look appealing. 
Oh, it would start to look available. End math time. We've made a bunch of armor in Destiny, and we didn't want to leave behind any of the armor that players can currently pursue. So we've also updated every new drop in the game to integrate and leverage the new system. This means if you want to go back and get the small Titan shoulder pads from Sloan on Titan, you can chase a roll of them that uses the new system. This is fabulous. I'm so glad they did that. A number of the current mods will not work in the new armor that's dropping this fall, but those mods aren't being depreciated at this time. For example, your super mods on your current armor will still work, but super mods cannot be socketed into the new armor. You could socket your armor with intellect mods instead, though, to make supers come back quicker. We did this because while we think the evolutions we're making to armor are a great step for Destiny over the long haul, we want you to decide when you migrate to them. Good respect to the player time there, I think. Part 2, Armor Migration. Amplifying depth and choice via the new stat system ushers in some changes to armor. We've converted all current Destiny armor to use the stats, so cooldown durations will change as we migrate to the new system. You'll be able to see the cooldown timers on your legacy armor when Shadowkeep patch goes live. Here's what we don't want to happen. You feeling like the game uh, depreciated, deprecated my old armor and perks... The time I spent playing Forsaken in its annual pass content was a waste, since all the perks on the armor got turned off while Bungie forcibly migrated to this new system. Here's how we hope it works. If you're a pretty hardcore player, uh, if you're a pretty hardcore player, uh, or really lucky, and have a set of armor today with perfect for you perks, like a fully loaded enhanced gun that you like set of perks, I think you're going to keep using them for a while. I certainly expect the world's first raid teams are going to be going into it with Forsaken Era gear that they've infused up throughout their Shadowkeep power progression. As the weeks go by and players approach the Shadowkeep power cap and start finding mods with enhanced perks, we think that's when our most invested progression-chasing players will start to move over. Players can totally mix and match between new armor and the armor that they have today as well. For players with perfectly rolled gear, we think the transition to the new armor system is one they'll make pretty quickly. In our long-form playtesting, our internal teams, not Velveeta, these are other internal players and playtesters. Sidebar, I'm really disappointed I missed out on Crabfest opportunity in part one. Good catch, Reddit. Craftiest opportunity, right. Um, this, uh, our internal teams have found that they've used their current armor on their main guardian, but rapidly switched to armor 2.0 on their less played alts. Remember live journal? Let's do it. With how I play, it's a crude mix of fashion, function, and economic efficiency. I rarely invest resources in an item until an item I know I want to use. I don't infuse very often unless I need a specific piece roll for an activity. I do not have a favorite class. I play all three. I tend to rotate them based on what is most effective or needed for group play in a given moment. I personally love it when the game gets hard and I feel as if we would benefit from more challenge. I really liked how contest mode enforced an action game skill component on world's first attempts. I totally have my favorite weapon weapon archetypes, which I'll spare you, and I get really frustrated as a player when there's an archetype I feel I absolutely have to use all the time because it is far and away the most efficient thing. Thank you, Luke Smith. This is because I do, when playing content that matters, have to be using the most efficient thing. This creates some interesting discussions with the team at work when they create something that is super fun, but it isn't actually efficient to use. I will totally mess around and get a triple-double in patrol with a weird weapon, 
but the weird stuff isn't getting used in Crown of Sorrows early in the season. Even then, if I want to get through the content as quickly as I can, right? Like, even after Crown of Sorrows has been out for a while, you still want to get through it efficiently. My character generally looks hideous on the climb, and then I start to make the look good again once I get to the end game. And since I'm colorblind, my friends think my characters look hideous in the end game too. I think for me, I'll shelve my nicely rolled items, delete everything uh, that I wouldn't wear raiding, and start using new equipment while I power up and find some looks I like. And then, when it's time to go on jacket quest, I'll infuse up my well-rolled oiled. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll infuse up my well-rolled raiding equipment. End of live journal post. Back to what I started with. We want to transition to ultimately be your choice, one that you decide to make when you want to make it. Maybe you're ready to start tinkering with stats. Maybe you really want to start combining universal ornaments and currently dropping armor to up your fashion game. Or maybe, like me, you'll do both at the same time, hopefully with less mocking from your so-called friends. The pursuit of power, increasing player agency. We'd like the act of chasing power and stats for your build to be something you have a bit more agency over. Not a full-blown play-whatever-you-want-all-the-time, because that means people just find the most efficient thing, rather than dipping their toes into a bunch of different activities, but certainly less restrictive than it's been in the past. We also had a long-standing challenge in Destiny of making XP matter, and that feels like a real growth opportunity for us to dig into, something we've wanted to look at for a while. This section discusses power and the changes coming this fall. Part 1, Powerful Sources, and the world. Like I mentioned in part one, the number of powerful sources in Destiny 2 ballooned during the annual pass. We're curating down the sources in Shadowkeep. Our target is to get the number of powerful sources closer to Forsaken launch levels. In Forsaken, as you overleveled an activity, meaning your power gets higher than the activity, the activity's rewards would become less valuable. The inverse was also true for being underleveled. In Shadowkeep, we've changed that. Instead, the system will advertise a consistent expected power reward, regardless of your power relative to it. Um, over the years, we've come to discuss several parts of Destiny in, in terms of short, medium, and long-term goals. In the simplest of terms, short-term goals can be completed in a night or a week. Medium-term goals can be completed in several weeks, and long-term goals can take anywhere from a season to several seasons. For some folks like me, getting good at part of the game may take a lifetime. That's a personal mastery goal. We think reaching max power can be a medium goal for power progression-focused players. For those players, we hope pursuit of stats and someday trying out new builds is the long term goal. I say someday because while we're taking our first steps in build crafting with a new armor mod framework this fall, I think we're going to learn a bunch about what making a viable build in Destiny requires. You're going to surprise us with crazy creative things we've never seen since this is live and we're all looking forward to it. Prime Ingrams. We're going to do some minor housekeeping on Prime Ingrams. They'll begin dropping once you hit 900 and you'll accumulate and you'll accumulate charges for them as you make your way from 750 to 900. We've increased the number of Prime Ingrams you can earn in a given week, and we've rebalanced the value of each one to account for the increase in volume. I don't really understand why that's why that's a thing. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you making us wait till 900? But we'll see how that plays. World drops. As far as contributing to your power drop, uh, power level, world drops often feel like a waste. To get away from that, we've made some changes that allow these drops to help players progress beyond soft cap. World drops in Shadowkeep will have a chance to drop at a player's current power level. Oh! Uh, here's an example. A player has an overall power level of 912. Gloves are their lowest at 906. A player might open a legendary ingram and receive 912 gloves, increase of 6. Okay, it's a chance. It's a chance. It's 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 better, chat. It's better. I, I, I think it should always 
drop at your level. But okay, 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 it's a chance. So world drops can help you level. That's good. There's a chance. We're making this change because we feel the world legendaries are a little undervalued at the moment. This isn't some grand accelerant of power progression, but rather a little quality of life experiment to reward your free roaming adventures or random legendary activity drops. I'm going to make a prediction. This, depending on the chance, is probably going to funnel a lot of people to really quick legendary turnover, right? Really quick. What can I do to get the most legendaries to drop to do that gap filling, right? My freaking boots are super low. I need to gap fill. And you're going to go into an activity that's going to drop legendaries at a good interval to try to gap fill. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think this is a great change. We'll see what the drop percentage chances are like. Part two, preparing for new light. Of one of the essential parts of new light is crushing the barriers between friends. Today, one of those barriers is the power level. To players, power level can mean we have different goals, so we play, uh, we don't play together. A new character starting at 10 power would naturally feel that they had to go play all the other content, and in many, many hours, then you can play with your friend who recommended the game to you. That does not sound very sweet. It's like telling someone to play a MOBA and then saying, well, we'll play with you in 100 hours when you've learned uh, to last hit. This is one of my friends said to me, do I have bad friends? Am I writing this? I'm starting to wonder. That's not what we want in New Light. We want to get new players and veterans colliding quickly. After Black Armory, we made a deliberate choice to try to do this with each season. Both Season of the Drifter and Season of Opulence had bounties to boost up players' power levels. With New Light and Shadowkeep, we're uh, being bigger moments of collision. We're continuing that philosophy, but optimizing the mechanics to fit the moment. We're setting the power... Uh, this fall to 750 for both returning and new players. We want you to all be together when Shadow Keep opens. Here's what this means: every single item in the game is being raised to a power level of 750 when Shadow Keep and New Light level launch. Every item in your inventory is going to automatically jump to 750. It's like a free global burst of infusion for all players. Which means that right now you could and should stop spending currency to infuse your gear sets or that C tier of weapons that you're keeping around until patch notes just in case they're going to be good after the changes luke smith stop watching my streams there are many buffs coming to uh there are many buffs coming and it's very tempting to spoil a bunch of them but i said it wasn't going to be in the patch notes okay okay part three more power more problems uh mo power mo problems come on put the mo anyway uh, we originally had this as mo instead of more What the frick? But I changed it upon the sad realization that there's an entire generation of players who miss out on Biggie, Puffy, and Maze in the Bad Boy area. Yes, it's kind of weird that I changed this and left the Highlander reference, especially when neither is T for Teen. Gee, many freaking Christmas. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm the first to say it. Raising the power of all players globally is indicative of a, of a greater problem. It's a real we. It's it's real weird that someone will boot up New Light for the first time and be immediately 750. The capital P power level in Destiny or Light, as it was called in D1 has been asked to do a lot for over the years for a time in destiny one it was one of the only things players had to pursue in D1 power and light meant something in terms of achievement but that badge of honor had its problems forever 29 Destiny 1 put the light power level over the player's head and drove players to the raid to raise it. Over time, we gave players other paths to raising light and power. Nightfall, Iron Banner, we took light off the nameplate and made it three digits in the Taken King, tried uh, trying to turn light into something more like a three-digit item level, but without that stat budgeting assigned to 
to it where the stats dictate true character power. At D2 launch, we shortened the power climb, oversimplified the game, made it too easy to get items, focused on bringing new players in, and hoped that players would pursue looks alone as the end game. We were wrong. While we continued to build features like that would become Forsaken Triumphs. During that period, we also de- uh, dim- dim- democratized power so that players that need to raid or play nightfall to reach max power they could get they could kind of just do so uh they could kind of just do any weekly forsaken introduced gold sources on the map and uh over the course of the year the power the number of powerful sources continued to increase see power has a lot to do with the amount of damage players can deal and receive in fact it's the biggest factor in it this is why i hate delta um it's also been the thing to pursue our gameplay specialist the role where dedicated Destiny players come in and participate in long-form playtesting with their imported-from-home character frequently point out that they can't engage with a number of parts of the game till they've completed the power climb. Over the years, we've made the power climb shorter and shorter. We've made it easier and easier to reach max power. We've also introduced things like triumphs, titles, and collections to provide additional stuff uh, as the prestige of the power waned. In Shadowkeep, we're trying something a little different. First, we're introducing a seasonal artifact unique and thematic to each season. As the artifact levels up, it can do a few things. First, it becomes a source of seasonal artifact mods. Unique mods that can be equipped only during that artifact season. These mods may be brand new experimental mods or powerful mods with reduced energy costs enabling players and us to experiment further with build crafting second the seasonal artifact can award players a power bonus but that bonus is not applied to gear nor does it increase the power of future drops but instead uh, to all your characters this is meant to give players who can't or don't want to play pinnacle activities a seasonal path to power this way even if a player doesn't play the raid iron banner or the redacted Wait. Oh, there's a new activity coming in Shadowkeep. Um, the Nightmare Forest, or whatever the frick they're going to call it. They can still have a high power value that season. Leveling the artifact to raise your power is meant to be a seasonal character growth. Each season will have a new artifact with new mods that change how you play, and the power bonus will reset. This is what I said this morning. This is a little bit different than how I phrase it, but it's essentially the same thing. In addition the, to curating the list of powerful sources, Shadowkeep will also introduce pinnacle powerful sources. These sources are the only way to earn gear drops above power 950 in Season 8. Here is the thinking. Pinnacle reward sites can award players power above 950. This is a way of reclaiming a little bit of the character power prestige of the initial D1 power climb that created. If you inspect a player and you see their gear is 960, you know they've done a bunch of pinnacle activities. It's worth mentioning that as you raise your power via pinnacle activities, other powerful reward sites will continue to drop powerful side grades. All of this said, Power in Destiny 2 is still imperfect. We're making some adjustments to it this year for Shadowkeep. Things like seasonal power bonuses and pinnacle activities awarding pinnacle power, but when we look to the future, we feel like the power system may benefit from a rework further down the road. I agree. There's a real potential in creating more agency for players, figuring out if power should be prestigious or not, and taking on the challenge of how to keep players relatively close together season after season, while still allowing them 
to make progress. Here is something I missed from Destiny 1. Filling bars on my items and using materials to level items. Even though I ended up with more Ascendant and Radiant materials than I could have ever needed, the existence of these materials meant the hunt for powerful roles could go on longer. I think wanting and needing materials is a good thing, as long as you know what you can do to go pursue that material. I'm glad we're getting a little bit more back to the des- to, into Destiny with Shadowkeep. You need Masterwork Cores? Well, we didn't have a very good answer for this last season, last year. Lesson learned. Stay tuned to Bungie.net for the third installment of the Director's Cut. It focuses on the action... Um, It focuses on the action part of MMO action game. Think combat and PvP with a bonus section on the evolving world coming to Destiny this fall. So that's the full thing. Um, Overall, I think this is really good. Uh, We'll obviously be transitioning to PvP and picking over this, but if you're listening to this in the other places and you like watching my content, there'll be a QA and a to follow this. There's a link below. I'm probably live. Come hang out with us. Click it. Uh, As always, I appreciate you listening and watching all my content. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my reading through the Director's Cut Part 2 from Luke Smith. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now. Just click the link below and you'll be in my channel and can talk to us live and submit questions. Uh, we're going to go through and just answer questions people asked that they typed after we read through this Director's Cut. I'll do a separate video as my thoughts and reaction to the Director's Cut, but this is going to be a Q&A session. Dub Hicks. With the power level being raised to 950, won't that dilute the effect of power leveling? In other words, does it matter how high light you have, as power level will have less effect overall? Seem like they are stepping away from power being the main driver. I don't get, I don't agree with your conclusion here, and I'm going to tell you why. Power is still the driver, because you're still going to want to level up for aspirational content. He even said that the, the the artifact is going to be like bonus power so that if you don't want to run aspirational content you can still hit good power levels and feel like you're progressing so I still think power grind is still going to have a reason and a purpose behind it and then obviously if you're going into the aspirational content he also said stuff's going to be dropping at 960 um, so everybody's going to be 750 when it launches and then we're just going to be grinding up to what is needed for aspirational content if they put a power level gate on the raid or the new activity, you're still going to need to level up. The artifact is only there. The artifact is only there as bonus power, which we don't know how that's going to stack on top of, let's say that I get to 950. What's the artifact doing for me? Is it adding on top? Let's say somebody is 850. What's the artifact doing for them? Is it boosting them to 900? I don't know. He wasn't super clear on how the artifact works, just that it's going to be a way for them to give power climbs to people every season and then they reset it, but you don't have to feel that pressure to like, I gotta run the raid to get the money, you know, to, to level up. Dolphan, not a fan of being able to raid in the old armor, TBH. I feel it takes away from the new system. I believe raiding with not perfect 2.0 sets makes it fun, rewarding, and it'll engage to attack the raid with a full build. Just my thoughts. What do you think? Well, okay. There's a, there's a hand there's a handful of problems with what you're saying. Number one, the first problem isn't a problem that has to always be there, but it's a problem. They like to launch the raid close to the launch of the DLC. And it'd be really tough to look people straight in their eye and be like, hey, the new DLC's here. 
all of your armor is irrelevant. You can't level any of it up. You got to all you got to start getting new stuff and using new stuff to get ready for the raid that launches on Friday. Now that's not a static problem. They could start to push raid launch dates out further so that they could do what you're saying, like make me use the like make me use the new stuff. Okay? There's another problem with what you're saying. You're a, you're basically telling really really high level players and players going for worlds first that they got to go into a raid encounter aspirational content and equip what amounts to like RNG builds um I just don't think I do not think that would be a good look for world's first races it'd be better as Luke says he envisions a lot of people going into the world's first raid with really really great builds f- as, as, a, as a stay over from Forsaken like they're gonna pull that gear over and then that's gonna be what you go in with um so I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that's a problem. I, I'm fine with it. And as he said, those really, really high level players are probably going to be tipping over and, and grinding for 2.0 sets really soon after that anyway. So Danny, how do you feel about some of the decisions the new armor has you make with loadouts? For example, if you want to run hand cannon and sniper, no problem because avoid helmet has targeting mods for each. However, if you want to run auto rifle and hand cannon, you have to decide which gets the mod because no helmet has targeting mods for both of these. I, okay, so this is an actual example. We were debating with somebody before Q&A about this problem. Here's an actual example of somebody saying, I would like, I would, let, let's pull the image back up so we can even see the, the how much they cost. Let me reopen it. So they are targeting for a hand cannon is four targeting for like an auto rifle is one so you could conceivably combine them if it lets you but you can't because they're limited by arc so your question if i'm understanding it is if you're wanting to run double primary um or in this case no i'm sorry you're wanting to run hand cannon sniper you're wanting to give yourself increased targeting acquisition on both of them on your helmet First and foremost, you can't do that now. So you're dreaming up a restriction that doesn't exist. That's not a restriction. You can't do that now. If you're wanting to run increased targeting on two weapons and you can't do that now, why do you think you should be able to run that in Armor 2.0? Do you you see what I'm saying? Like, you guys are creating dreamt-up restrictions. In right now, when you build, <laughs> when you build a build, you can have one targeting, one reload, and one perk for unflinching. That's it. That's what you get. I, I, you know, and people are saying in chat, precision weapon targeting does both. Would the points even allow both? Yeah, I just checked it. With ten points being available, you could run both if you wanted. I just, I, I think you, I just don't, well, you're creating a phantom restriction. That's not a restriction. You can't do that now. You can't do, you cannot run two precision perks. You can't run a hand cannon. You would switch. And why? This is exactly the point that I was trying to make to the person in chat before Q&A, okay? This is exactly the point that I was trying to make. These restrictions are trade-off choices that you have to make. If you want to run targeting on your hand cannon and your sniper, you got to choose which you want to do and why. What are you playing? How are you playing it? What what what's the primary means of damage? 
Precision doesn't do auto rifles, but scatter does. So under the new system, you could run scatter and hand cannon targeting. Yeah, there might be some combinations with some of the more generic targeting perks that you could do it. So, I don't know. Just got lucky. Since all the armor is getting boosted to 750, should we just dismantle all our gear now? Um, you do what you want. I, I'm not just going to start haphazardly deleting anything or telling people to delete everything. You know what I'm saying? Snake Doctor. So if you have three characters, yet you would create them, and they'd still be 750? As far as I know, everything's coming up to 750, right? Yeah. Hammer. Do you think the Eververse will sell armor mods to help players that don't have much time to play the game but have extra money to spare? I think this would help the more casuals. I think, I'm not trying to be mean to you, I think this would be an incredibly stupid idea, and they won't do it. And chat's gonna back me on it. Anybody that watches this will agree with me on this. You do not want to start selling power in the Eververse. You do not want this. Oh, it'll help the casuals. (laughs) If they were to ever do this, people would be extremely mad. They would get taken to task for it, and I would be one of the people leading the charge. I would be right out in front holding a big flag saying, shut this down. Do not sell power. Do not ever sell power in a power fantasy loot-based game. Ever. It's a terrible idea. You were probably just thinking like, eh, this wouldn't be too bad. I got some scratch. I really would like this mod. Let me buy this mod. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Here's what happens. I want you to imagine a game. Let's make another game and let's not call it Destiny. But let's just say it's exactly like Destiny. And they start selling power like that. They start selling mods. Do you want to know what's really tempting for that company to do? Oh, look, people are buying mods. I have an idea. What if we lowered the drop rate of mods to such absurdly low levels that only the most hardcore players could get them? And then everybody else would feel passively motivated to spend money. That's what would that that's what can happen. You don't you never want to encourage a loot-based game to sell loot that is power based or or power influencing. That is a bad 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 move. Sky Elliot. How do you feel about being able to have armor sets dropping with near max skill with little to no armor mods then possible running around with full skills almost? Well, it's RNG. I mean, they said I, I, that was actually one of the greatest takeaways from his post was that if you get really, really good stat rolls, you could get to max intellect without equipping any intellect mods. I loved reading that. I was like, whoa, that's really nice. That's going to be for some people their god roll to get them to the equivalent, you know, the tier 12 equivalent in the new system. I think that sounds awesome. I, again, it's RNG based. Imagine rolling the rolling two. You got two die, so you got some dice, and you roll it. You know that if you roll double sixes, you can roll a twelve, and that's huge, especially if you're playing backgammon, <laughs> right? You can you can get a twelve, but you can also get snake eyes and get as low as a two. So if stats can if 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 a, if a armor piece can can land with lots of stats or even extra energy and have that stats filled out. <clears throat> you could you, you're, you're all along that spectrum you could have good or bad RNG in that spectrum um, Frisky Sausage with 13 months thank you so much dude 
Kizzo with the prime sub. Did I thank Kizzo for their prime sub? A Ant says, I know it's a speculation question. Do you think the redacted pinnacle activity is a trials or a new activity? New activity. Trials coming back in Shadow Keep. I'm I just man, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling it. I'm not. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what he says in his Crucible Director's Cut. I would think the Crucible Director's Cut would be a lot of, we tried this and it didn't work. We've been working on this and we're still not sure and we're not really where we want to be yet. So we're not comfortable bringing back trials. Like, I imagine a lot of the language is going to sound like what I just said. So. It's high noon. So when everybody gets their Solstice 2.0 armor, will everybody have different armor stats? Example, two Warlocks with Solstice gear. I don't know if all those boxes are going to be spitting out static roll or not. I don't know if they said that in the video. Heavy Turtle. I wonder why the Titan in the screenshot has year one armor. Maybe it's going to be 2.0 armor that we collect. Well, remember, they said all armor that can be acquired can drop as 2.0. So this homie went and got an EDZ helmet, and I think those are arms from Titan or Nessus, and a Crucible chest piece, and a Crucible bond. He can earn all this stuff, and it'll drop as 2.0. That's why he's wearing year one stuff, because he can he can be doing a flashpoint on Nessus and get a helmet from Devrim K, and it's gonna be 2.0. All armor can be reacquired and drop with all the new with with the new digs on it. That's what I've been asking for for a really long time. Do you guys remember? I've been saying since like Christmas of 2017 that the NPCs getting their loot refreshed or given new life is a massive missed opportunity. Massive. This is a great way to just automatically just, they add a ton of loot to the game. Now I'm hoping they do the same thing for the guns. If they just do the armor, that can give me hope that maybe in a future season they do all the guns. I really hope they do the guns in Shadowkeep as well. The truth will set you free. Hey, Lono, what if the new season, the armor gives you buffs and extra perks on that planet or activity? I don't know if they're going to do that. Intrinsic perks for for planets or activities. I'd love it if they did that. Um, But I don't know if they're going to do that until... If they're going to do something like that, I think they would have a twofold announcement. We're happy to announce that in the next season, we're going to be adding planetary and activity-based perks and set bonuses for all existing armor sets okay and we've we've launched this simultaneously with the loadout system because Deej asked him yesterday if you could save your loadout and he kind of politely said no <laughs> he was like very politely dancing around the question instead of just saying no you can't save loadouts if they were to do that they would need to have that launch with the loadout system it would be absurd it would be absurd now Here's why I don't think we're headed in that direction. If I'm if I'm looking on the if I'm looking on the boat and the rudder and the trajectory and the and the sails and the wind and I'm like, "Okay, let me we're plotting a course here. Where is Luke Smith taking us?" I don't think he's taking us where there's going to be set bonuses and intrinsic perks. Why is that, Lono? Because of the amount of time and energy it's going to take you to invest in each individual piece. That seems to be at odds with the idea that you'd have a full set for all six planets. Well, if you include the Dreaming City and the Tangled Shore and now the Moon, that's nine armor sets just from the planetary places. Then there's Raids, then there's Crucible, then there's Gambit, then there's the Vanguard. If all of those armor sets get bonuses and set bonuses and everything else, 
I don't know, dude. This doesn't. This system that he's showing me doesn't look like a system where you would be doing that. Now, I will say this: raids with the raid mod slot seems logical. Okay, as Jodicus puts it in chat, I bet raid mods and raid mod slots are coming back. Though I agree with that. I agree with that. Iron Banner could have slots that help you during Iron Banner or something. Iron Banner mods. Um, that don't, maybe they don't cost anything as far as energy. But I don't see them saying, yeah, get a full set on Nessus and your Nessus armor set does X, Y, and Z when you're wearing the full set. Um, that just seems, I don't know. That, again, I'm just reading the trajectory that he's taking us. And when I look at this armor system, I don't feel like they're laying groundwork for set bonuses and and intrinsic benefits for a set from a certain planet. It doesn't feel like that's where they're taking us. That's just kind of my my reading of the tea leaves, if you will. I've gotten I've gotten pretty good at reading the Destiny tea leaves, and I don't think that's where they're taking us. Dupless. Since we won't be getting bright dust from dismantling stuff, we get bright dust from Ingram. Uh, and instead we'll only be getting oh we'll only be getting them from bounties do you think we'll be getting enough bright dust from bounties to feel comfortable with the change my hope would be that if you are diligently doing all of your bright dust bounties every week you would never see like hey the eververse updated on tuesday oh man there's literally no mathematical way i can buy that item now, if you just bought an item, you should feel that pain. It should really drain your bright dust. And then, you know, Tuesday resets. But if, like, let's say two weeks in a row, I do all my bounties, and then something cool shows up, as long as I feel like, oh, I can buy that one item. Now, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have internal mechanisms in the game that grate against their their motivation to purchase. If all I gotta do is run these bounties and I can buy every dadgum thing in the store every Tuesday, that's stupid. Like, that's a bad business decision. They're vanity items that are meant to generate revenue for the company. The two Whisper ornaments funded the zero-hour, you know, Outbreak Perfected quest. So it's like, I, I, I would like their microtransactions to do, to do well. I'm not like pro micro spending. Let's rip everybody off. But like, if they're just it's just vanity items and ornaments and stuff, I don't care. People getting all bent out of shape about microtransactions every single time. I'm telling you, write it the frick down. Take screenshots of people that rant and rave about microtransactions. They always look. I'm telling you, this is a, this is a fact. They always look really dumb as things land. They always take advantage of the lack of information, the lack of clarity, and the lack of, like, seeing it in action. They always are hot and bothered and ranting and raving right now. Once it lands and once we can look at it in the game, they're, they're like, quiet as a church mouse. You don't hear anything from them. Why? Because as soon as you see it in action, you're like, this is totally fine. This is what, there's nothing wrong here. I mean, Luke Smith even qualified some of his comments today. I'm telling you, it's like, it, it's... And we're going to, like, a, a hybrid model of free-to-play. People are like, oh, micros in a paid game will forever be debated. There's a free entry point. The DLC from year two is ridiculously cheap. And to, to do Shadow Keep and all the annual passes afterwards, the entry fee is so freaking low. I just, I'm telling you, I have watched this since the introduction of the Eververse. And the same people 
whine and moan about the Eververse and it's a slippery slope and they're going to start selling power and this is the real problem Lono they always complain in the absence of actually seeing it in action that's when they strike they strike when everyone's sort of ignorant and in the dark and they create this oh this is such a controversy and then we see it in action and then they have nothing to say because it's totally fine and then even some of them will send out screenshots of the freaking crap that they buy with their silver. <laughs> Hypocrisy is not a good look. I just, I'm telling you, I, it's just, it, it's not even worth wasting oxygen on anymore. It's, just, it's, it's so, it's so painfully reasonable. <laughs> it's so painfully reasonable. Uh, gangs. What are your hopes for the way the world drops are going to work in Shadowkeep? It sounded to me, okay, uh, this is to explain, Ganks is asking about um, the line item where they said world drops have a chance to drop at your level. So if I'm doing a public event and I'm 916 and my boots are 905, there's a chance that if boots, boots drop, they'll be 916 and help gap fill. My prediction is that people will find very, very good world world events that drop legendaries and they're going to farm those world events hoping to gap fill because if you're 916 and you have two or three pieces that are way under 916 because especially think about it like this once you pass guns to your second character you're like hey bud here's a bunch of 920 guns thank you man 920 guns that's awesome all my armor is super low do you want to know what that person's probably going to do they're going to go run world events to try to get legendaries to drop at their at their level I'm telling you leveling's about to become maybe maybe hope with the chance isn't too low I really think leveling is about to get way way more fun I don't know about you I don't know why people are probably going to say I disagree that's fine everybody's different I love gap filling when I'm leveling there's something really really nice about it I know there's something cool about that it's like come on come on come on ah, come on and stuff drops stuff drops like yes and you gap fill also keep in mind we have a little bit more agency if the menagerie continues to reward powerfuls uh, and Ada's ba- and Ada's frames. There's a lot of agency there, a lot of agency there. Yeah, I saw it. I saw that he's leaving Zach. Uh, the Conchitus power over 960 wasn't mentioned in there. Do you think it's possible that the final 10 power is very hard to get in the Pinnacle activities, thus giving the hardcore players a serious grind at the end of the game to reach true max power, while also letting more casual players get to the satisfactory 950? I mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to speculate too much about this because I'll be honest, the section about the artifact and the bonus power from the artifact and pinnacle activities giving you 960, I, it, was, it, it lacked clarity for me. So I don't want to say too much about it yet. We're going to waste a lot of thought and energy on this because we don't really, I, I, I don't think we're clear just yet. I think he was giving us examples and what fors, uh, brap life. Uh, say I want to use Enhanced Hand Cannon Loader with a Void mod, but my gloves drop solar. This means I can't use that Hand Cannon mod, and I gotta wait for RNG to drop me a Void Element Glove. Yeah, that's exactly right. Let me tell you how it works right now. You want to get Hand Cannon Loader? You got like a 1 in, what is it, how many, how many, how many things can drop in that, in that slot on armor? How many? Like 15 different things? Maybe more. 1 in 15, 1 in 20 chance for those gauntlets to drop with hand cannon loader. You're talking about now 
being a one in three chance. The gauntlets either drop void, solar, or arc. They have made it easier for you to get the things you want with the rolls you want. So, uh, to me, that is maintaining. Now, remember, Luke said in, in, in Director's Cut 1, they want to maintain the Pursuit for God role while giving you intentionality. I feel like that's where the ball, I think that's where the bar is moving. It's just, as SOB saying, it's just adding a level of RNG drops since we can curate our own perks. It also makes some people separate their weapon loader perks across a couple of pieces of armor. I think the front half of what SOB said is way more important. It's a way to add a level of RNG drops since they're giving us the freedom to curate our own perks. I, the f- I, that's why I keep telling people, zoom out. Zoom out. They're letting you put the perks you want on your armor think about that just pause stop slow down let's all slow down think about that for a second that is huge that's borderline crafting that's that's really close to crafting isn't it It, for for all intents and purposes it is crafting you're gonna get solar and you're gonna put what the freak you want on your armor that's that's combining grind with with craft with crafting right that's 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 basically what it is like it's a huge step forward and you're looking at that control and you're like oh my gosh i can i can create the gauntlets that i want and they put like one layer of a restriction and like an rng limitation on it and you're like oh my gosh this is a nightmare we just need to settle down and zoom out on this big time r brim says did they say whether or not year two raids will be considered pinnacle activities he did not say that uh he did not say that no he did not say that so it's one of those things that if 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 they're gonna make all those pinnacle activities then all of a sudden those all can grant you the increased power i highly doubt that i'm gonna i'm gonna go with i doubt it i'm gonna i'm gonna give you an i doubt it on that bucket list I love the way that they are splitting form from function with armor 2.0 has there been any word on them expanding the system to ghost they didn't say anything about it no hmong light 86 lono is pinnacle activity being the key to 950 plus power level enough to reference the glory days of wearing chatter white shader when I see iron banner listed as a pinnacle activity it bothers me that an afkable activity is considered endgame content you can lose all your iron banner matches and get a reward um good feedback I'm gonna go out on a limb and speak for Bungie and say that's probably an unlikely source of the 950 plus power level gear it will probably be from the bounties that you get or a quest or something I don't think they're going to be dropping 950 plus power level stuff at the end of an Iron Banner match. I don't work for Bungie, but I just have a feeling. <laughs> just have a feeling. You're going to have to actually do something like a bounty or a quest line or something. I just don't see them saying, yeah, yeah, at the end of an activity, Iron Banner, you don't even have to AFK. You can drool on the controller and move the sticks while you watch a movie and get pinnacle gear i really highly doubt that's what they're going to do with pinnacle beyond 950 gear i don't think so 
A ant. Does the power climb mean that every activity could be viable all the time? So repurposing content isn't really necessary other than new gear mechanics. Well, yes. Like, the other thing that's at play here is that you could be doing the contest modifier on anything. They could throw the contest modifier on Leviathan if they wanted. And now it's a source of power and it's challenging. And when they do the contest modifier, here, let me really flip the lid on your head. What if they did contest modifier on something like Leviathan and when you turn that on, you like, you pick Leviathan and it's got the old power levels and then you can pick contest power level and when you do that, the entire loot pool changes. You see what I'm saying? Like they could repurpose content just with a modifier that adds a delta and some modifiers. I hate delta, but they could do that. They could do that to literally every single instanceable activity. Imagine them doing that to Escalation Protocol. You'd have to make Escalation Protocol match made similar to like um, Reckoning or Menagerie where you like in, you click it and you instance into a contest modifier Escalation Protocol and it match makes you with other people looking to do the same thing and then you ch- just update the entire loot pool. So this could be their first experiment and basically just again laying a groundwork. Alright, we got an idea. Armor 2.0. Everything in the game gets the armor 2.0 treatment, even even Leviathan, okay? Now, we don't know what they're doing with guns yet, but let's just say they do something to guns, and they do it to every gun in the game. <sighs> Wash over the whole game, and everything now has a potential to be interesting to you. Then what they could do next time around, next year, is they could say every single piece of the game now has the, the legendary difficulty applied to it if you want, and when you do that... Every activity, every end game, every people's of aspirational content, every raid, reckoning, menagerie, the new raid that we just got in Shadowkeep, like all that, the new activity in Shadowkeep. Three years worth of content can now be played at legendary difficulty, and all the gear pools have been updated to be legendary. You know? Legendary is not the right word, but you get what I'm saying. Like they could, they could definitely uh, do that. So, did you notice he mentioned Destiny Two and Destiny separately as different italicized objects throughout the writing? And at the end, he says single evolving world and mentions Destiny specifically without the two. He might have done that as a soft, like little wink to the community that when he said single evolving world in in, in Director's Cut One and he said Destiny Two, he wasn't meaning just Destiny Two. He means like Destiny as a franchise. You know. FWC Guardian. How do you feel about Pinnacle activities being the only way to get past nine fifty? How does the PvP community get past nine fifty since they have no pinnacle activity? He mentioned Iron Banner. We just talked about that. Right? Didn't we just talk about that? I'm trying to scroll down here. Uh, uh, yeah, right here. He says, um, oh, he mentioned Iron Banner when he was talking about the artifact, though. Pinnacle reward sites can award players above 950. Yeah, he didn't say Iron Banner was a pinnacle. Somebody that was a misread in the previous question. He said even if a player doesn't want to play a raid Iron Banner or the Redacted, they still have a high power value that season. He yeah, he does seem to be grouping Iron Banner. No, it, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He is the context of that sentence. Let's read the sentence or the sentences in their entirety. 
This is meant to give players who can't or don't want to play Pinnacle Activities a seasonal path to power if they don't want to play the Raid, Iron Banner, or the Redacted. So, context is king here, right? Like, Luke seems to be indicating that Iron Banner is a Pinnacle Activity, so I would say PvP players do have the ability to do that. Uh, Dub Hicks. If you are a main on one character while the other is being left far, far behind, will New Light bring already active player alt characters up to speed? Well, it's, yeah, everything's going to be hitting 750. So yeah, that was answered in the in the thing. Far West Fox. Are you liking the honesty in the director's cuts? Does that speak to Bungie's care about making the game great? I've been saying for a long time that if you slow down and slow down on the passion and the frustration and the hate that I had always believed development companies want to make amazing games and that I always got the impression from Bungie that they wanted to make Destiny amazing it wasn't like they were a lot of times I would use the imagery of like we could really make the game better and improve all these systems but I want to hang out in the break room and play foosball you know, I said I used to say that. I was like, I don't think that they're doing that. I think they're busting their butts to make the game as amazing as possible. And that wasn't me being like a bungee apologist. Like people, people that say I'm a bungee apologist don't watch my YouTube channel. Like, come on. Like most of my videos are are like, this is good but could be better. This is bad. Fix this. This could be way better. Why don't you capitalize on this? Why don't you change this? Why don't you update that? Generally, my my videos are far more about ways to improve and and and, and being way more critical. So. I've always thought that they do care about the game and they love it. I don't think they were satisfied with Destiny 2 at Vanilla either. I don't think they were happy with it. I don't think any development company is like, man, I can't wait to shove this out at the launch date that we're not ready for with systems that aren't complete or features that are missing. This is going to be awesome. High fives all around, guys. Blood, sweat, and tears last three years, and what we're pouring out and what we're putting out is not representative of the passion and the vision that we had. Can't I can't wait. I've always thought that they love this game and want things to be way, 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 way better. And I love the transparency about how they have worked really hard and sometimes they've worked themselves too hard and, you know, different things like that. I I think the transparency is helpful. So, Dub Hicks. What are the chances of Ada's and the like bounties being updated to function more like the Chalice comes Shadowkeep? I think the chances are low. I think the chances of having anything as intentional as the Chalice in the game anytime soon is low. Read the first director's cut. I mean, he he talked about parallel development. While they were working on Shadowkeep, they were also working on the Chalice. So they didn't know the Chalice was going to be incredibly praised. Now, part of me... (laughs) Part of me wants to push back and be like, Luke, let me talk with you, brother you guys were actually in the dark and not sure how well the chalice was going to be received we you've been you've been working on and playing and watching people play destiny for five years i don't think there was a big mystery question mark about the chalice (laughs) like i don't know guys i don't know intentionality and control and a directional functional like really nice player agency grind i don't know man i don't know if they're gonna like it so i accept what he's saying about parallel development i do i accept it but i'm also gonna push back just a little bit and take a little bit of a rib shot and be like you you guys aren't dumb you're not dumb. You had to know why you were building the chalice. People are probably going to love this. 
there's I don't think there was a mystery like if you were gonna bet on is it gonna be loved or hated I think it was a really easy bet to be like dude the chalice is gonna be super popular people are gonna freaking love this right he did indicate that the chalice was updated after the forge feedback operate across all characters instead of having to do the grind three times yeah but that has to do with the grind and unlocking it that has to do with unlocking the forges that doesn't have to do with the intentionality that's different those are separate categories so it if Shadow Keep lands and they're like, yeah, we didn't really institute any directional, intentional grind in the game because, you know, we, we parallel development. That's what Luke Smith said. I'm not going to accept that. I'm like, come on, guys. You know that you, you've you talked about in old vid docs from years ago, you've talked about intentional grinds, purposeful grinds. Those are the words that you guys have used in the past. So don't act like parallel development, and I'm not going to act like this either. I don't think parallel development is like a scapegoat excuse to always be like, whoops, this season sucked. We had no idea you guys were going to hate it. I think by now they have a very good grasp on what we like and what we don't like. So from this point forward, I don't want to see big, big risks and big bets taken on I don't like another reckoning, you know what I'm saying? Or the absence of things like Ada Bounties and the Chalice. Like, I think those those systems and those layers and those levels of intentionality, they ought to be present from here forth. Don't give me this parallel development as an excuse forever. You can't keep dialing that in and be like, we didn't know. You know right now without a shadow of a doubt what we want with respect to loot grind. We want intentionality. We want to rerun the content till we get what we want. There's no doubt about that. We did that in D1. We did that in D1 year one. He references that in this director's cut. Forever 29. You're not in the dark about our willingness to grind and our desire for intentionality. There's no question about that. So if Shadowkeep has zero, I mean, if it has zero representation of that reality, if there's nothing that even smacks of the Chalice or the Eight of Bounties, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I, that, that'll be a huge bummer. To be like, oh, Ada Bounties, oh, Chalice, what a great evolution of player intentionality. And to be like, yeah, that's not in Shadowkeep at all. Remember, parallel development. I'll be like, come on. Like, you guys have to know that's a good feature. Why would you develop it in the first place if you don't know that it's good? Because, like, Reckoning has the absence of features. Like, Chalice is the institution and the creation of features. They had to know making that what pain points they were meeting. They had to. So I I love I love that they're being this transparent, but I do think they need to be careful. Like you can't you you can't go too far with like what amounts to excuse making. I am glad we have an understanding about they got overworked during the seasonal grinds and creating content. I don't like that. I don't want that for Bungie employees. It's good to understand and know like a season of the Drifter moment can happen because we're doing parallel development and you know that's why whenever we went from Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph to Destiny 2 all those quality of life things weren't there. Why? Because while we were instituting and developing Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph we were already knee deep and neck deep into Destiny 2's grind and none of those quality points could be retroactively added like I've been saying that since Destiny 2 launched but like we can't keep using that there's got to be a point in time where you prove to us you have a firm grasp on what we want out of a loot grind and just deliver on those systems 
mind game. So Prime Ingrams will be what? To help progress after 900 only? Yes, it seems as that, that way. And somebody made a really good point in chat. Wasting a bunch of your Prime Ingram drops when you just start grinding and playing. They don't want that to happen. They want them to start landing when you really need them. I actually think it's a really good choice. Uh, you know, five minutes into the season, you don't really need Prime Ingrams. Uh, hey Lono, since the beginning... Oh, I'm sorry. Since Bungie is making 750 power the starting point for all Guardians... Do you think that this is the perfect opportunity to raise power of endgame activities, especially raids, for example, to the new soft cap? Oh, Leonidas with the excellent forethought. Yes, that does mean they can do that. There's no reason for anything to be below 750. As Soul Snatcher and Chad is saying, they have to. Yes, yes. Nightfalls are probably going to get brought up. I would think raids. Yes, 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 yes. And, oh, oh, yes, this makes sense, right? I would think they would they would do this, right? There's going to be a spectrum. 750 is our starting point. That means it would justifiably make sense that raids out of the box won't be 750. They'll be higher, right? Right? Think about that. You're, we're, we're all 750 going into Shadow Keep. If we're all 750 going into Shadow Keep... You just standardize even brand new players, which means logically then you would turn Leviathan and all all old raids into maybe 800, 850 encounters. Your run raids may stay 50, 750. I think they're going to make them 850 or 800. 800, 850, and then the new one's 900 maybe or something. I don't think they'll make them all 900. I think they could make a spectrum across all raids. Right? Because that would be weird to just jump right in and go run raids. Oh, I would love to hear how they're going to do this. That's cool. What a thought. Good thought, Leonidas. Good question. Very good question. This could really be another really big injection that relevancy injection. I'm getting excited just thinking about it because I don't even like Leviathan that much, but I don't know. That is, uh, that's a good, that's, this is a good reality. Don't, I, don't all right, everybody slow down, slow down. Stop, stop hoping and getting excited. I don't, I don't want to do that to you. It might not happen. It might not happen. It might not happen. It might all just be 750. At the very least, it'd all be 750 and you can grind for the armor. We know that. We know that much is true. I don't want to, I don't want to get your hopes up. That's the point though, right? Being able to jump in and do everything else. Everyone else can. I don't want raids to be out of reach for myself either. Yeah, but you I would think Eugene you would be focusing on the new contract the, the new content and leveling up and in the hierarchy of the content at that point it wouldn't make sense for those raids to be accessible day one. I, I don't know. I hear where you're coming from, but I think there'd be a logical it would be logical for them to say Leviathan is 800. Spend some time leveling up and then use Leviathan as a nice jump start. And then you can use Last Wish when you get to like 850 or something. Don't you see? Like to me, here's here's the problem with it's all accessible day one. Everybody just does Leviathan and Scourge and all of them. They just You're basically just going through a raid checklist to get a bunch of powerful drops. Wouldn't it be cooler to say, yeah, you can use them for powerful drops, but you're going to do it in kind of an order because it just makes more sense to say you go into Leviathan at like 
800 and then you know last switch at 850 and then you know uh whatever the new one is is like the very very end of it i don't know I don't know. I can, I hear both sides. I think I can hear both sides on like, well, no, it should all just be 750, but I could also see some very good reasoning and logic applied to saying, no, 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 they're going to be on a spectrum. Rusty gifted a sub to Drozit. Thank you. Geritol, I missed your resub. 29 months. So, <coughs> so close to three years. What an amazing place. You're a rock star. Thank you, Geritol. You've stuck with me and been with me for a long time. Guido says, in regards to the mods being specifically locked into a certain elemental type, why wouldn't it just be that you can have to grind for three enhanced hand cannon reloader mods, one for each element, the energy cost being less than the other two? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I don't know if I feel like we've made this point, but I'm going to make it really, really a, a lot clearer right now. I think they are trying to maintain some level of RNG on the drops beyond just the stats, right? So, in the past, you were like, I really want hand cannon reloader, and that's all you're looking for. Everything else just kind of doesn't matter. Now you're going to be like, I really want arc arc gauntlets from this activity, and then the stats are kind of like a secondary thing that you look at in the grand scheme of your build. I think they're just maintaining that, like, I'm going to grind for the... it's a level of RNG that kind of keep things in check. I hear where you're coming from, but the problem with that is, is you're just making it a little bit longer to get to the total freedom system where I got hand cannon loader on all elements, so you can't limit me. I'm just going to put this one. You see what I'm saying? It, you're kind of circumventing a level of control and RNG and restriction that I think they want to have. Gallerborn. I messed this up. Sorry if I double posted. Off topic. What armor in the game currently do you find the least aesthetically pleasing and see yourself using ornaments on if you get a good stat roll? Leviathan armor is ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> Especially the Titan armor. There's some pieces from Leviathan that are okay, but some of them pieces are just absolutely hideous. The Titan armor is honestly the worst. It looks like somebody made it out of paper mache and like tied it onto him. It's terrible. He looks like he's dressed up as a freaking pinata. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the hunter armor from Levy is actually pretty cool. Leviathan armor for Hunter does have some cool pieces. I agree. I would agree with that. Um, but man, oh man, I, yeah. I think some of the best armor came in black in black armory. I think I loved a lot of that stuff. I also think there's the Escalation Protocol armor and the Braytech armor that looks really sexy too. And Tunica, the power changes are super interesting to me. It seems like they're taking a nod from Diablo seasons regarding resets. Looking like that each season will start at 750 power and have a max of 1,000 with resetting each season. Thoughts on this? They're not resetting you all the way back down to 750. They're resetting the artifact. So if you're a more casual player and you just interact with the artifact and you level up you know, here and there, pieces are dropping from, you know, world events and stuff. You're leveling up. And then they're going to reset you, and you do it again with a new artifact and new mods and new seasonal things or whatever the artifact's doing. They're not they're not bopping you all the way back down to 750. The artifact is just a bonus that's meant for casuals or maybe like a capstone power bump for, you know, hardcore players. Brock Kelly. 
when I listen to you read that, it seems we are going to get a reduction in the number of ways to receive pinnacle rewards, formerly powerful rewards. Is that your assessment? Any thoughts on this? Yep, it seemed that way. It did. It also seemed that they were making sure to, to put like a stopgap in place that if you end up with like, so you go to your second character, right? And you're like, here's all your guns, homie. They're, they're a bunch of 775 guns. You give all those 775 guns to your second character. Well, that character is wearing a bunch of 750 armor. So it has all these 775 guns. Your power level just got automatically raised. So any world drops are great immediate gap fills and big jumps for your armor pieces. So you can just spend time gap filling on your armor pieces. And then you go do a pinnacle activity and you get more payout from it. I described this. I I have a video on how to fix leveling using drops from world events, from activities that can just land at your power level. I I know people get sick of saying, I predicted this or that's my idea, but I'm very satisfied that that they at least lean slightly into my idea and said, there's a chance that world drops can hit you at your power level. That is verbatim almost verbatim what I said would fix the leveling system how stuff drop at my power level to fill those gaps so I mean I just I, I really think that that's a great move and then if there's limited pinnacle rewards you're going to be really strategic with when you use them and I think that's a good thing I think that's a good thing the question is how low is that drop rate that's kind of my concern I don't want to spend all let's just go extreme here if i'm in if i'm in you know on nessus or wherever i go that i deem is one of the best places to go for these drops and i spend four hours and get like one drop that drops in my power level and unfortunately it lands on a gun and i don't need it there then they haven't done anything to help me this this system that he referenced this update it only works if the drop rate is decent right it only works if the drop rate is decent. If the drop rate's not decent, it's just a head nod that doesn't do anything for anybody. Like, yeah, we'll give you what you want. <laughs> not. That's why I just said it should be guaranteed. Every drop should just drop at your power level. Why? Because if, if I do six public events in a row and I need boots, do you know how many of those drops are likely to not be boots? <laughs> You don't have to make it a chance. It could literally be a guarantee. Because if I hand my character, my second character, three guns that are all 775, okay, and it makes me 760, any guns that drop at 760 don't do anything for me. If my helmet drops at 760 and I get another helmet and another helmet and another helmet, like it, I'm telling you, gap filling gets harder and harder as you go why because eventually you just need boots eventually you just need a helmet and if the cha- if it's guaranteed you're not there's always that limitation point you get where like I just need gauntlets so if it's guaranteed to drop every time something drops at your power level the reason it would make people just short circuit the entire power structure and just bypass leveling is because they could get they need one out of eight things that can that can potentially drop to be gauntlets. And when you finish a public event, you could literally never see gauntlets for an for three hours, and you don't level. And that's with it guaranteed that could happen. We're talking about a chance. I just hope the chance is really, really good. Like a, 
a 50% chance or a 25% chance. It's got to be high. If it's like a 10% chance, I, I don't think, I don't know. If it's too low, it isn't going to really work. Gap filling only works. Like, if okay, you guys remember when we were running Nightfall Lost Sectors to gap fill? Every drop out of the chest was a, was a potential gap fill. And when I needed boots and nothing else, it took forever. Because you can get, you know, nine helmets in a row. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There is intrinsic, there's already intrinsic limitations on the chance of you getting what you need because so many items can drop. The power level being a chance to be at level, I don't think needs to be a chance. And if they and if they look at it and they run the numbers after a couple weeks and they're like, we're seeing almost no world drops at people's power level and nobody's really in like sticking with it and grinding for them, they could always bump it. It's glow. How would you feel about being able to re-roll the element on the armor or somehow change it? No. No, I'm going to come back to the fact that I f- this is what I feel like is happening. I feel like this is what's happening. We let's let's imagine that we all love we love pizza. Oh, we love pizza. And somebody comes to your house and says, "We're going to install this amazing pizza oven in your in your kitchen. You're going to be able to make the best pizza, the pizza that you love from here, you're going to be able to put all these ingredients on here. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be so good. You're like, oh man, this level of control over being able to make a pizza for myself is awesome. I always have to go to a restaurant. Now I don't have to do that. I can, I can make my own pizza at home. Yes. However, there are some restrictions. If you use this type of dough, if you use this type of dough, you don't want to use these, these ingredients. If you use this, they, they, they outline some restrictions for the oven. Now, when they do that, are you going to like flip the table and be like, well, then get the frick out. I don't want, I don't want that. You, I can make pizza anytime in my house, but there's restrictions and rules. Are you kidding me? Like, that's what we're doing. They're coming to us and saying, we're going to let you pick the perks on your armor. Unprecedented control over your loadout. And there's a restriction a slight restriction. If it lands with a certain element, you can't put certain mods on it. Well, for frick's sake, Budgie, let us at least re-roll it. You gotta let this system get off the ground and let us get a, get a, take a crack at it. They're giving us unprecedented... We've never... We, we've never had this control before. We've never had this control before. There, we've always had to be like... I hope I get a good roll. I hope I get a good roll. We've been we've been doing this for four years, right? And now they say we're literally gonna let you pick the roll on your armor, but there are some restrictions and some rules. Like I don't know, every single freaking game in existence that lets you craft anything. You can craft guns in this game. Oh sweet, can I put a rocket launcher on top of an auto rifle and then put a tank on there too? No, you can't do that. Well, and your crafting system sucks. Like, I don't know. Like I said, zoom out. You gotta zoom out. We're so zoomed in on this one thing. 
Uh, would it be smart to dismantle your mods? I would wait. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to give advice on dismantling right now. Uh, decidedly heathen. What are you specifically most excited about? Uh, better leveling and all the loot from year one to now mattering again. <laughs> I'm really excited about that because there's some dope armor sets in the game. I'm anxious about guns. I want to hear about guns, though. Negative Harmony. When Luke said powerful drops, not pinnacle, above 950 only give you side grade. Does that mean if it drops at your power level, it's capped at 950? Example, if you're nine, uh, you're at nah, 970 light, so your power will give you 970. I don't know what he meant by side grade. Maybe somebody in chat has a bead on what he meant. But, I don't know. Opinions get you banned. How is Well of Radiance with Luna Faction different than banner shield bubble with rally barricade besides needing an exotic with the warlock um well one difference right off the cuff well of radiance is with luna factions is different because the warlock can shoot (laughs) the warlock can shoot so he's not removed from the damage pool um banner shield bubble with rally barricade is also significantly you know, it's it's less it's less universal. It doesn't protect you from all angles. It doesn't protect you from melee damage if somebody gets on top of you. It doesn't protect you from grenade damage if somebody throws a grenade on you. It's not nearly as protective. It's not nearly as universally efficacious. Um, so it's a, it's a heck of a step down from Well of Radiance with Luna Faction. I do happen to think that Luna Faction will get retooled though, and so will Rally. I think there'll be two rally barricade types, one that heals you when you're near it, and one that um, one that maybe buffs your damage a little bit, similar to how rifts work. And I think Luna Factions will be given a new ability. I think they're going to retool all those exotics that they overswung on. They're going to give them new, new things that they do. Captain Karth, do you think that Bungie used affinity, a spontaneous or natural liking for something, intentionally to describe the weapon to armor mod drop rate? Example, shotgun mods are more likely to drop for an arc piece of armor because of their affinity. Shotgun mods can drop for a void piece of armor, but drop rate of shotgun mods for void armor is just super low. No, I think they even said at one point that it won't, you can't. Like, it's a restriction. I don't think it's an affinity with respect to drop rate. We may be misreading the entire situation, but I th- I thought they said something to that effect that you just you can't do that. There's a restriction there. Didn't he talk Oh, Luke talked about it in this di- director's cut. He talked about it in this director's cut. Um he said um. Yeah, he says if you found enhanced hand cannon reloader from Pinnacle Activities, you'll be able to socket that mod into new armor that meets its criteria. Right? So up a little bit, he says mods have both energy cost and elemental affinity. In order for a mod to be equipped, your armor needs to have rolled the correct elements and have energy available. Hand example given: hand cannon reloader costs three void energy to equip, so your armor must have rolled void. He he, he spells it out right there how it works. The armor can drop with a different void ener- with a different energy void solar or arc, but the reloader, the hand cannon reloader, will only slot if it's a void if it's a void piece of armor, a void piece of gauntlets. So yeah, he outlines the restriction right there. Um, Hawk, 
What do you think about each season? Bungie brings us down to 750 or 800, depending on the season content or the modifier. So we climb to 950. Uh, three digits. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, we're misreading that. I don't think they're going to reset our power every time. They're going to reset the artifact, which is just bonus power. Sci-Fireman. With power level raising so much next season, is that an indicator as that we should expect in lines of a campaign story with Shadowkeep? I, do, I'm not, I have no idea to speculate about a campaign. Um, McPhil Army... Has anything been discussed about the unique mods from Raids and Menagerie? How do you think it will work with the new mod system? Be left behind. Potential raid slot, right? Um, potential raid slot for, 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 you know, raid mods. Like an extra, literally an extra slot. So, um... So we're in agreement, though, that if we need certain elements, all the raids need to be repeatable... I 100% I don't I don't agree with your assessment of the restriction but I think we're in agreement that if I need to grind for an armor piece to hit a certain energy then I should be able to run raids over and over for non-powerful drops 100% That's be that 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 opinion exists outside of the debate about the mods and the affinity I thought that a long time ago Forza, with mods not being consumables, don't you think that'll shorten the end game? Absolutely not. Stat, perfect stat grinds. He talks about that in this in this director's cut. You can literally, the most amount of intellect you can have is a hundred. He said, with the right stat rolls on armor, you can get to a hundred intellect without mods. That's huge. That means base stats on armor before you mod them can be massively influential on your on your loadout. Ad guy, do you think our current gear will at least get some random strength, discipline, intellect stat added with the rest of the 2.0 features? No. No. They're not going to reach into your inventory and change what you've earned. They, they, they can't do that. The only way they could do that to your armor, applying random stats to it, would be to convert it to 2.0, which means you'd lose your enhanced can-cannon reloader gauntlets. They would become something else. It would become armor 2.0 gauntlets with no with nothing on them. You gotta re-earn the gear if you want all the new digs. It's like when they said, hey, Better Devils is gonna drop random rolls now. Well, you had to go and grind for any of the potential random rolls that could drop on Better Devils at that point in time instead of being like, just convert my Better Devils that's in my inventory. Now, that would have been a little bit different because those were... You know, those were static roll weapons, so it wouldn't have been as extreme. But if you have existing gear in your inventory, I don't think you want Bungie reaching in and messing with that. Like, you want to leave all your existing... That's why people are like, I gotta re-earn Leviathan gear if I want it to be 2.0. I gotta re-earn my last wish gear. Yes. Right? Yes. They're not going to reach in your inventory and change what's there. That would be super bizarre. Kroll. Will our current armor add the new values? Nope, just had that question. Lucen. Is the idea of being able to farm random exotic armor rolls from Xur still something you would like to see even after Armor 2.0 launches? Yes, there has to be a way for us to grind for stuff. This is what I think they should do. If I have shards of Galanor, right? It's in my inventory. 
I should be able to do something and go into a certain activity and farm for shards of Galanor. Make it freaking hard. Make it a make it a strike that's at a you know exotic exotic difficulty or something. Make it a lost sector that's in like, really really tough. You know, because it's like if I'm grinding for a shards of Galanor that I want to have more intellect. I don't think giving me a loopable path to do that. I'm not asking for much. I've already got them. I got shards. I get the exotic thing from shards. Before I spend a bunch of currency taking up shards level 10, I wouldn't mind going for a shards build that's like, that favors or has like a stat lean towards discipline and intellect. Giving me a way to farm for that, I I think is totally fine. Or glass needles, something. I, eh, I don't think I'm asking for much when I ask for that. I'm not asking for, you know, let me just go into a shop and buy <laughs> every exotic. Like, that's not what I'm asking for, so. Wasn't there? A, wasn't that the point of three of coins? Yeah, but mind game. I want you to open up the game. I want you to go to collections. I want you to go to exotics and look at how many exotics in the game. And I want you to tell me, honestly, if you think three of coins would help. <laughs> It wouldn't help, my man. By the time you got another shards of Galanor to drop, you'd be like, I'm so freaking sick of this. And then it might not even drop with the stats that you want. <laughs> you would, you'd be like, great, a Graviton Lance. Awesome, a Huckleberry. Oh, thank you so much for the freaking Orpheus rigs. I don't need that. Oh, thank you so much. It would, there's, the, the exotic pool is so, is in just insanely massive. You should be able to basically go to Zur and like he let's imagine that I go to Zur and I have shards of Galanor equipped. And when I go to Zur, he's got like a menu that says, you know, I don't know, exotic hunt. And you scroll over to that. And he looks at your current inventory and you can scroll over an exotic you have equipped and you can say mark, you know, something like that, like mark for for hunt or something I'm, I can't come up with good terminology here but the idea would be like Zer knows oh you're wearing shards you have shards I'm gonna give you a way to go grind for shards boom and he gives you like a thing a consumable or like a, a quest and the quest basically directs you to a lost sector or a strike or a nightfall or something that's really freaking hard but you can loop it and every time you loop it shards drops something like that you know, it's, I already have shards. I already have shards of Galanor. You're going to help me grind for a shards that has more intellect. Like that's not a, that's not a game changer. Why are you breaking your own rules? I don't know what the frick you're talking about. I, I don't think, I don't think that that's too much power given to the player. That's like, you know, just have Zer have an adventure flag next to him. Yeah, but there's so many exotics, you'd have to have a way to tell Zer this is the exotic I'm looking for, right? I mean, I guess you don't... It, here's a way to do it. Here's a way to do it. You could scroll over and he just has a menu of all the exotics. And they're grayed out if you don't own them yet. If you own them, you can click on it and then he gives you like a thing that you then use, you know? FWC Guardian. If planetary vendors can drop 2.0 god rolls, why would anyone grind raids for god rolls, especially if you can reskin said god rolls? Well, here's my here's my thought process on this. Luke Smith indicates in this director's cut uh, that we can 
we can get to intellect 100 if we have gear that has rolled good enough for that. I would think that like NPC gear isn't going to drop with stat like base stat totals that are as good as the base stat totals of like a raid. So let's just say when you get a pair of gauntlets from Devrim K, the stat totals add up to like 30. When you add up intellect, discipline, strength, all of it, right? You add all up with all the little numbers. It's like base stat total of 30. And you see that base stat total go up when you add mods. Because if you if you add to intellect, strength, discipline, all that, you see their, their bars move up and it increases the base stats. Now, so 30. If I get a pair of gauntlets from the raid, I think like out of the box, its base stats should be like 40. You should just have better stats. Higher, just more. And, and here's why that's here's why that's important. If you get a pair of gauntlets and you're like, well, I wish the stat lean was more towards intellect discipline, but it's it's discipline and recovery. The overall stats are higher, so it's less painful to not get the stats that you want. And that's kind of how it should be. It's like, this is better gear. The, even a bad roll on better gear should be better than gear you get from like an NPC on a planet. You know? 40 may be a little much. Homie, I'm throwing out numbers, bro. It's just to give you the picture in your mind. I'm not saying that's that's a good number. I'm saying just there should be a clear difference between d- the gear I buy from Devrim and raid gear in the brand new raid in Shadowkeep. Hey, Shiz. You think this means that we will be able to expect to level up when we run old raids like Levy's? I, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh... Chuck Dollarhide, what should players who have played sparingly since Forsaken be doing in preparation? Saving any resources you can get. Uh, Hoopajoop. Oh, and don't infuse anything, because everything's going to hit 750 with Shadowkeep, so stop infusing. Hoopajoop, do you think we will be close to the 999 power mentioned in the uh, in Truth to Power in Shadowkeep, or will it be later? There's zero idea how high they're going to take us, you know? Um... Pistol to Dawn. With all the changes coming, do you think space will become an issue? Um. No. No. This is a good question, and here's why not. Right now, you're like, maybe I should save this because it's got some perks on it. What if I want to run. What if I want to run something that has machine gun scavenger and machine gun reloader? Like, who knows? That's good synergy. Maybe I want to run that. There's no reason to save... You're not going to have that motivation anymore. If something rolls like all all mobility all mobility and strength and you know that's just not going to jive with any of your builds, you're just going to dismantle it. The exact opposite should happen, right? I, you should just be like, I don't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this. You're, you're adding perks here and there. So you're like, oh, hey, I just saw a video from Fallout Plays about some fusion rifle build. I'm going to start swapping some of my perks around and go with a fusion rifle build. You're not going to go to your vault and be like, hmm, where's all my armor that has fusion rifle perks? That's not going to be a thing anymore. You're going to basically just be deleting something unless you think, 
okay, this is the only thing I think that might happen. You're gonna like, okay, the stat lean here is intellect discipline. The stat lean here is intellect strength. I could see some of that. Like, you might keep some pieces that have a lean towards strength or a lean towards discipline or whatever the frick, because you know, sometimes you want a bunch of melee, sometimes you want a bunch of super, sometimes you want a bunch of whatever. But I don't think you're gonna be keeping nearly as much. I keep all kind of stuff because I'm like, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Sniper scavenger could be huge one day. Right now, you're not doing that. You're you're not going to do that in Armor 2.0 because your mods are just all unlocked, one and done there if you want to customize your loadout. The stats, again, maybe, maybe. Sci-Fireman. We are getting completed Solstice gear as a package from Banshee with Shadowkeep. Thoughts on holding on to the Solstice package until the new season to hope for different elemental drops. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, Paddle Hands. With the introduction of the armor changes, do you think weapon perk re-rolling will be coming in the future? Hopefully never. I don't ever want to re-roll perks on guns. I want to chase gun rolls. Just got lucky. Do you think Armor 2.0 will come with a random mod equipped? Or no, he said the only thing that can cut happen is it can have its energy level, you know, ranging from one to ten. You can get a pair of gauntlets that that have energy level six already or something. I don't know if they can drop all the way up to ten, but that'd be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, that I, he didn't indicate that there would ever be mods on them already. Maybe, but he didn't say that. Zygerian. How about Trials Armor? Will it be 2.0 from the collection or something? You can't pull anything from collections 2.0. It all has to be re-earned, which means you can't get Trials as 2.0 unless Trials comes back. Romanians are. Basically, all the weapons and armor, except for the Solstice Armor, are pretty much obsolete. Is that true, now that all the armor and weapons can be upgraded and drop at 2.0? First of all, we don't know what they're doing with weapons, so slow down, homie. I hope they do stuff with weapons and, and give them all a nice new treatment, but we have no idea. So, let's just, ask, let's just take your questions as if you just said armor. So, is all armor, except for Solstice Armor, pretty much obsolete? No, it's not. If you play PvP and you have a bunch of enhanced hand cannon targeting, hand cannon reloading, and hand cannon, you know, unflinching, and they're all enhanced, and it really helps you, then no, that armor is not obsolete. In fact, Luke Smith said he's going to envision a lot of people going into the raid with stuff that they've infused up because all the perks are are good for them. They're not going to have the time to get armor 2.0 stuff and, and level it up and put all the perks in it. And then he said over time, they'll just naturally start leaning towards 2.0 stuff and investing in it. That's exactly how it should be. You should have a soft prod push to the new stuff. If not, why the frick are you playing the new stuff? So yes, it's not obsolete. He said he even envisions people going into world's first races, wearing the old stuff, and then eventually leaning away from the old stuff and into the new, which is exactly how it should be. Waka Games. Do you think they will make competitive uh, more viable by adding pinnacle activity, or do you think they will pass the opportunity? Zero idea what they'll do there. Will Escalation Protocol be Armor 2.0? Sorry, all armor is going to be reobtainable 2.0. Yes, Leviathan. Do you believe we are going to have mods for each element, or do you think they will be tied to a certain element? They're tied to a certain element, confirmed by Luke Smith, right there on the screen in front of you. Uh, Bonus Rooster. Wasn't the problem with Prime Ingrams that they were pointless after you hit max level? I don't see how the new fix will fix that problem. Prime Ingram loot needs to be worthwhile, so that it's still exciting after we get to max level. Thoughts? Uh, I don't know if they're going to do anything after max level here's what I think they're doing I think they're fixing the process that gets you to max level so I think the prime ingram change has that in its goal and in its mind and it's, that's its aim 
if they're going to start to make changes to like what happens to us after we're max level that could that's got to come later they had to fix leveling as a concept first mind game how many new strikes do you think we will get in Shadowkeep? strike specific loot I don't know if we're getting any new strikes I don't know if we're gonna get any new strikes if we get any maybe one or two but I don't think a lot I don't think they're gonna really bank on a lot of like campaign story missions Rise of Iron gave us like what one or two it gave us wretched well maybe two they gave us wretched eye and Sepix perfected right those were the two maybe there was three I think there was just the two HFK Eagle Forsaken gave us an increase in power of 200 but we had a week and a half to prepare for the raid with 950 confirmed we know Shadowkeep is also at least a 200 power increase and we only have 4 days to prepare for the raid is this going to be something to be worried about no remember contest modifier contest modifier will be active for the first 24 hours which means all we have to do is get within the contest modifier delta So we'll have to wait and see what that is. Invader Zed. Since hand cannons are linked to void and shotguns to arc, that means you won't be able to have like shotgun scavenger and hand cannon loader on gloves. That's not possible anyway. There you right now when we looked at the possible the possible uh, mods, okay, scavenger is on boots. So we've already squelched this criticism. That's not a that's not a number one, number one is that's I don't is that is that even a possibility now? It might be a possibility now, but they've reallo they've re they've reslotted. They thought this through. If you want to run, okay, shotgun scavenger with hand cannon loader, you can do that because they're not on the same armor piece. HFK Eagle. How do you think they'll handle raid mods on armor 2.0 version of Leviathan armor? Great question. I think there'll be an extra mod slot on raid gear personally. I hope they do, at least. Uh, Ashen Hollow. Any mention of special or limited time armor set such as Phoenix Armor set or Iron Iron Banner set making a return? Nope, they didn't mention any of that. Bonus Rooster. Do you think there will be vendor refreshes with Shadowkeep? They haven't done one since Forsaken, and it really hurts the loot. Uh, I hope, I would love it if they did some, yes. They didn't say if they were, but I, I I want vendor refreshes. Clench the butt cheek says, in regards to world drops, do you think they'll fix the loot cave farm on the one IO adventure where you kill the boss early and he drops a guaranteed legendary every time you kill him? Um, I want to strike this from the record. Bungie, uh, just this question didn't get submitted and just please leave that because that sounds great for gap filling and uh, next question Salty Avenger what happens once you get the armor with 2.0 won't it turn out to be the same problem as before the old content once we get it there'll be no reason to grind for the armor rolls anymore Every RPG has a point where you get the best gear and the and the loadout that you want, and when that happens, you typically then run content to chase for something else. So my thought process would be, number one, it's going to take you a really long time to get the loadout that you want on, let's say, your hunter. It's going to take you a while, okay? The currency investment and the grind to get the right, the right stat roll and the right element, that alone is is probably going to take you a long time on one character. Okay? Imagine doing that on three characters. There could be potential different builds on each character. There could be a build for, you know, 
Way of a Thousand Cuts with Ophidius Space, right? I could do a build for that that turns me into Genji, but then there could be a completely different build for, you know, Quiver. Void Quiver. I could have a completely different build. Okay, so that could take a while. Secondly, once you do that, that doesn't mean there aren't other loot pursuits. There could be god roll guns you're going to go after. There could be aspirational content you're going to run more often now. Stuff like that. Yeah, we'll edit that question out in the post about that adventure. I, it's not like... was He, he was talking about uh, not an adventure, but like a strike on Nessus. He wasn't talking about an adventure on IO. It was somewhere else. It was like... Uh, Bungie, I would look into maybe Nessus, like a strike there, or maybe the Fnatic strike just needs deleted from the game. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Uh, it's high noon. So if we get all the mods in the game, would it? Uh, what would you do since the mods don't go away? Well, they can always add new mods. They can, You know what I'm saying? I, they, there's always new things they can add to give some elasticity to like what you might do with your loadout. Rusty. Why allow enhanced hand cannon and sniper loader together? but not allow hand cannon and pulse or shoddy. Some people who like to run hand cannon sniper in PvP will be happy, but others can't run what they want. Isn't that an arbitrarily... Isn't this just arbitrarily decided? So what you're saying to me is... I'm going to pull up the picture here. So what you're saying is somebody could run... Enhanced hand cannon reloader and sniper reloader because that's nine points and you're upset because you might want to run hand cannon reloader with shotgun reloader and you can't do that and that's not fair in your mind. That's arbitrary. <sighs> um, I... I Number one, you can't do it now. Okay, you can't do it now. So, that's not something you can't do that. You can't run two reloaders now. Do we even know... Are you allowed to run two reloader perks? Did they show that in the video? Um, You just can't have both enhanced? So, you can run two reloader perks. Okay. So, I mean, look... I'm willing to acknowledge that's a restriction that is just sort of arbitrary because if someone's running hand cannon sniper, they get quicker reload on both. You can't run dual enhanced, okay? Is what because well you look you might be able to run dual enhanced because they're five. You could run enhanced grenade grenade and enhanced hand cannon and they're both five. That would equal ten. Um, I thought enhanced costs like six. This is showing enhanced as five. So unless they made a change and this picture is outdated, people in chat are saying enhanced cost six. Well, not according to this picture. So I don't know when these pictures were taken. Um, listen, I'm just going to continue to come back to you got to zoom out. They're giving you way more control over your loadout. The difference between some guy being able to run two reloaders on hand cannon and sniper and you not being able to do hand cannon and shotgun, that that difference, I don't think is worth getting upset about. And I think that you would potentially have other things that you could do that would buff your build to make it better than the guy that, you know, he can run hand cannon and sniper, but he can't run, you know, something else. I don't know. Um, and again, you could get very, very close to it. Like what Books W is saying. You could run Light Arms Loader and Shotgun Loader. You know what I'm saying? You could get very, very close to what the other guy's running. We're talking about milliseconds of reload animation differences here. 
it's it's I don't know. I'm just going to continue to really, really kind of shrug at the uh, at, at the frustration with this because they're giving you a level of control on your loadout and perks that we have never had before. Telefonista. So is it safe to say dismantle all armor since new stats and mods will all change? Thanks. I'm not telling people to, to dismantle anything right now. You probably can come to your own conclusions. It doesn't seem like keeping anything is worthwhile, though. So... I'm not upset, we're just confused why Bungie did this. It's a level of control that lets them not give you just unfettered freedom in your perk selection. So then it's just a matter... Like, think about it like this. The only thing you'd be looking for then is stats, which means you basically would get, you know, a bunch of good stat armors really, really fast, and then you get the the mods, and then you just slot everything wherever you want. You know... In the grand scheme of things, it could be like when they made the Icolos shotgun solar instead of void because they didn't want Icolos stacking with tractor. Maybe they just foresaw different combinations being a problem, and so they split some things up, you know? Stevie and Johnny are pretty good kids, but when they sit next together, they're terrible. So, we gotta split them up. I'm like, that's not fair. You let everybody else sit together. And you're like, yeah, well... We, we, we have to split some of these mods up because it's just going to lead to some, you know, some absurd builds. It's, it's a level of restriction that limits some power and also adds a little bit more to the grind because there's some more RNG nature to the loot pursuit on the armor. <clears throat> NSAX. Do you think we should dismantle all mods we have now to get components? I'm not telling people to dismantle anything. Come to your own conclusions about what you've read. Um... Feel free to skip if already asked about. Solstice armor is effectively useless, right? It's going to have set energies, so we can't change those unless we can get more drops. It's just a way for you to feel like, hey, I grinded for all this Solstice stuff, and day one I hit the ground running, and this armor is still relevant, and, you know, it hits 2.0 already. It's just immediately and still, you know, it feels like you can still keep it on. Jchrist. Uh, First time you get EP armor, it was smart loot. Uh, do you think two EP will work the same way? It wasn't smart loot. It was literally a rotation on the week. This week, if you open the chest, you get a helmet. Static roll. This week, if you open the thing, you get gauntlets. Like that, it wasn't smart loot. It was literally like predetermined rhythm. It wasn't smart. I don't know how they're going to do it. I hope it just drops and you can keep farming for it instead of one drop per week. But Red Baron, it seems... They tried to limit scavenger perks with 2.0 to balance specials in PvP. What if I can equip old scavengers? This is a question that a lot of PvP guys are asking about stacking scavenger. I would think the internal mechanism of scavenger's impact would just get capped so that if you did this, you'd be wasting your time. That's what I would think they would do. So... Somebody says, do you think this type of mod selection would work on weapons, not perks, just the existing the existing mods? It's possible, but I think we'd need more mods. A lot of the mods don't do much on the weapons, as, you know, in general. Leviathan, what if mods can drop for multiple elements? Luke never said those mods will only drop. Yes, he did. It's literally on the screen right in front of you. He says, example given. Hand cannon reloader costs three void energy to equip, so your armor must have rolled void and have three energy available in order to use it. It's right in front of your face, right on the screen. It's in the director's cut. He did, in fact, state right there that mods drop that way. He's, I mean, hand cannon costs three void. He's not saying 
you may get a hand cannon that costs three void. They, 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 that's how they drop. They drop with a void. They drop with an element assignment. And it's always like that. Hand cannon reloader exists as one mod in the game. Once you get it, you got it. Hand cannon reloader. That's it. And, it, and you need void to equip it. So... I'm going to keep streaming, so don't go anywhere. I got something really cool to show you guys. If you're listening to this in the other locations, click the link below. I'm probably live right now. Come hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash Rage. As always, with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.